The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. Democrats have taken another step toward changing Virginia's criminal justice laws. As Ben Pavia reports, Governor Ralph Northam is signing legislation that advocates say will help reform policing. Northam signed a bill that would empower the state attorney general to investigate patterns of misconduct by law enforcement officers. Advocates argue the law is necessary because the federal Department of Justice has been reluctant to take up those cases. The governor also signed legislation increasing penalties for filing a false report to police based on a person's race, sexual orientation, or disability. He's still reviewing a proposal to allow civilian review boards across the state. Democratic legislators are also backing a $500 bonus for law enforcement officers. They argue the money is needed to supplement low salaries. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Northam also signed a bill that would require the Virginia Department of Health to publicly list schools and nursing homes with COVID-19 outbreaks, something they've so far resisted doing. Democrats in the Virginia General Assembly have again declined to take action on criminal record expungements, even though it was a top priority for House leadership. Whitney Evans reports. Majority Leader Sharnell Herring says making it easier for people to erase their criminal records would give Virginians a chance to start over. And Senate Democrats agree. Where they can't seem to find common ground is how to get there. We're just so far apart. Herring's bill would have automatically expunged records for a long list of crimes after eight years. She says that would remove legal and financial barriers that often keep people from clearing their criminal history. The Senate bill only includes a handful of crimes and requires people to petition a court to get those records tossed. Neither bill made it to the governor's desk. Senator Scott Suravel says the issue needs a lot more work. You know, there's a reason there's only two states in the country that have actually implemented automatic expungement. The House and Senate couldn't agree on an expungement bill during the 2020 session either. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Richmond health officials are continuing to warn of a potential spike in coronavirus cases as we head into the winter. Dr. Danny Avula, who heads the Richmond City Health District, says new cases in the city have trended downward over the past few days. However, when you look at the entirety of the last three weeks, uh, we are progressing upwards. Currently, Richmond is seeing an average of 25 new cases each day. Avula says he expects to see bigger spikes heading into late November and December. During a press conference yesterday, he urged the public to continue taking precautions to limit the spread. Individuals who may have had an exposure or who may have mild symptoms continue to press on and to go to work or to show up at a social event. And so that invariably is leading to COVID clustering and outbreaks. Some good news he highlighted is that cases in central Virginia continue to be significantly lower than the state as a whole. The Chesterfield CARES Water Assistance Program is offering financial assistance to Chesterfield residents who have been affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Qualifying applicants can receive up to $500 to help pay late water and wastewater utility bills. Households must have documentation that shows a decrease in income due to the health crisis. The deadline to apply is Monday, November 30th. Funds will be awarded on a first-come, first-served basis. Senator Mark Warner expects that a Justice Amy Coney Barrett, should she be confirmed by the Senate this Monday, would vote to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. He spoke in a press call on Wednesday. What's so discouraging about this and disappointing is uh, if there was a plan to repeal and replace uh, 
in a meaningful way, we would have seen it. Warner says repealing the ACA with no backup plan could put millions of Virginians with pre-existing conditions off their health care. Warner's opponent in the November election, Republican Daniel Gade, says he'd also prefer not to repeal the law. On WAMU's show 1A yesterday, Gade said he expects the Affordable Care Act to stick around, regardless of if Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. And so what we need to do is we need to fix the provisions that don't work and keep the provisions that do. He added that he also supports more market-based options for Virginians. The Supreme Court will consider a case challenging the law's constitutionality in three weeks. Democratic Representative Abigail Spanberger and her Republican opponent Nick Freitas met in a forum hosted by VPM Tuesday night. They presented sharply different views on abortion. Spanberger said the decision should be between women and their doctors. And I do not believe that in those desperate, difficult conversations, there is a place for politicians to insert themselves. Freitas said he didn't know what it was like to be a woman with an unplanned pregnancy. I do know what it's like to be the son of such a woman who had to drop out of college in order to have me and had a lot of people encouraging her to have an abortion. As a state delegate, Freitas voted against a Democratic bill this year that loosened some rules on abortion. The nonpartisan Cook Political Report says the race leans Democratic. It's official. The proposed multi-use trail from Ashland to Petersburg will now be known as the Fall Line Trail. Governor Ralph Northam announced the name yesterday in Ashland. This name reflects the unique geography of the trail corridor. The fall line is where the Piedmont Plateau and the Atlantic Coastal Plain meet. That results in a number of rapids and waterfalls. Funding for the more than 40-mile trail will come from a mix of federal, state, and local tax dollars, as well as fundraising initiatives. A small section of the new trail in Ashland was unveiled yesterday, but there's no date for when runners, cyclists, and others will be able to access the entire fall line trail. During this contentious and divisive election season, it often feels the opposing political sides are so at odds no middle ground can be found. StoryCorps and VPM have teamed up to find that middle ground through One Small Step, a project that aims to connect people across the political divide through the act of conversation. Like many Americans, Brenda Brown Grooms and Bucky Neal have a shared history. Brenda, who is black, is a descendant of people who were enslaved. Bucky, who is white, is a descendant of people who enslaved people. In this first of a series of conversations for one small step, Bucky shared with Brenda that he'd like to meet a descendant of someone enslaved by his ancestors. If you ask me why I want to do that, I'm not sure. But I think it's just making a personal connection. Maybe that's part of what it is. If I can help somebody discover that, you know, who his ancestors were enslaved by, I don't know, maybe that's helpful to them. Um, It is. In the meantime, what I do is I'm very much aware that I am here because of my ancestors. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't know who they were, I know that part of my personality, part of the things that matter to me are from them. Each of my siblings, there are six of us, And they, as well as my parents and my grandparents and great-grandparents, have a very keen sense of justice. It's in our blood. So even if I don't know who my ancestors were by name, I've got some of their legacy. Do you know anything about your great-grandparents' parents? I knew both my great-grandmother and great-grandfather on my mother's side. My great-grandfather would talk about being a little boy. He was called Inward Edward because there were two Edwards on the farm, the white Edward and the black Edward, right. and he was called In Edward. Um, 
unspeakable things went on. Yeah. I'm amazed at the resilience of the human spirit. And I have to say, for everything that my ancestors went through, your ancestors were affected by the fact that they did it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. We are a community. There is nothing that happens to me that doesn't affect you. And there's nothing right. that happens to you that doesn't affect me. And so if there's injustice in the land, I might feel the immediate effect of it, but you and your generations also feel it. The The whiplash may come a little later, but it's coming. This tsunami, yes. it's not going to be survivable if we don't start talking to each other and seeing each other as human beings. We will not survive it as a species if we don't do this thing and that simply talk to each other and get to see human beings as human beings. Brenda, if you were approached by someone who um, was descended from people that had enslaved your ancestors, how do you think you would respond to that? I have been. Oh. And I respond to them the way I respond to all human beings. Hello, tell me your story. Yeah. We are somebody. We're all somebody. Right. We all matter. Right. And I can't hold that out for myself if I don't also hold it out for, for you. Others. Okay. For more information about VPM's One Small Step, head to vpm.org slash one small step. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.